0: My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Today, we're going to be talking about the speaker endorsement by President Trump and a couple other things. But first, I want to start with Proverbs chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. King James, my son, if thou be surety, which means a guarantee. For thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, if you've made a pledge to a stranger, if, you've, if you are a guarantee for somebody else, if you've made a, a, a pledge to somebody else, thou art snared with the words out of thy mouth, thou art taken with the words out of thy mouth. Do this now, my son, and deliver thyself when thou art come into the hand of thy friend, Go, humble thyself and make sure thy friend. Make sure the people that you ally with are your friends. The words that you snare, the words that you guarantee will bind you. Our government is a public trust. Of course, I'm referencing and invoking teachings from my friend, brother and Clark Christ and teacher Dave Jose. But the idea is that the public trust and the words of the public trust are what our government officials are bound to. I believe that people, Americans, are fundamentally misled and do not read what's written. And as a result of that, we're destroyed, we're crushed, we're abandoned. Things, are, things that are bad are happening. Before I set the plate and the table for the rest of the broadcast, I want to talk about the opportunity to support me, bless me, but also help you take your shopping away from the globalists, the Walmarts, the, those types of things... And switch it to an American manufacturing company with products delivered right to your door. Over 450 American manufactured products made in the US of A. And because the company does what it does logistically, the products you're going to be buying are probably manufactured within two to three weeks of purchase. So they don't sit on store shelves for a bazillion years. You get the savings, you get the benefit, you get the protection of having... American made direct product purchase right to your door uh, and you get to benefit me that is at PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren I appreciate that there's other ways to help and bless me in the links below if anything that I do is a blessing to you you just want to say thank you we're going to be talking about Hillary wants deprogramming couple other things uh, the, the the ravages of the military for the people who think that the military is in control, we're going to be covering that because there's there's still people that I believe are fundamentally deceived by executive orders, by military customs, by uh, you know th- there are people who believe things that are written in statute or executive order or they'll see things on screen. And then the things that they see on screen are introduced with just a little bit of doubt and then people believe that explanation, which allows them to believe that there's a plan, that there's a system, that someone's coming to their rescue. But if you actually see the video of the four-star general in charge of uh, the Air Force talking to Matt Gates about a demigender, you will recognize our military is not... Doing something that's like completely secret and going to continue to save it. Don't be deceived. I'm going to bang on and hammer immigration because I think that's a a nation killer. And then I'm going to end with something where I'm actually going to be reading. I'm going to be reading this letter from the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals that they sent to me. They sent me a letter in response to several notices that I sent them. So they they wrote what they wrote. I will read this. I will explain what it means. And then I'm going to end today with an affidavit because we're going to be swearing, excuse me, I will be claiming that people have the right to instruct their government. And this is important because we need to understand that we are the boss and we are not the servants. I serve Jesus. I am in Christ. I serve him. I'm not the servant of my government. So when my government writes me a letter telling me that they are unable to understand what's going on, we're going to swear to something. We're going to send it right back to them. So it's, it's a completely different perspective. I give uh, obviously credit, hat tip to my uh, teacher, friend, brother in Christ, Dave Jose. Um, but we're, go- we're going to be doing it because as as the knowledge goes out there and as the wisdom goes out, people need to start applying it people need to start applying it. The very first thing we're going to be talking about today is President Trump's endorsement of Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House. This is him on his Truth Social. Congressman Jim Jordan has been a star long before making his very successful journey to Washington, D.C., representing Ohio's 4th Congressional District, represented by all. He is now Chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. He's actually received a lot of notices from me. As president, I had the honor of presenting Jim with our country's highest civilian award, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. So much is learned from sports and Jim was a master. While attending Graham High School, he won state championships all four years, a rarity, and compiled an amazing 156-1 and record. That is actually really amazing. At the University of Wisconsin-Madison, Jim became a two-time NCAA Division I wrestling champion. He won his 1985-86 NCAA championship matches in his weight class. Jim has a master's degree in education from Ohio State University and a law degree from Capitol University. He is strong on crime, borders, military slash vets, and Second Amendment. Jim, his wife, Polly, and family are outstanding. He will be a great Speaker of the House and has my complete and total endorsement. Question, what does this matter, if any? President Trump, and we spoke yesterday about Hammer Time, Did I load that thing in there? Yeah, I did. I spoke yesterday about hammer time. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. But that was yesterday. So I spoke about how President Trump's influence on politics is just like a bull in a china shop. He's a hammer. He's not a surgical tool. Um, And and I I believe that's exactly what he needs to be. I believe that that is God using him, no doubt in my mind. I support President Trump. I'm, I'm, I'm behind him. Uh, you know politically from that regard he's I believe he's wrong on several issues and I've said these issues before the vaccine he supports uh, sexual depravity homosexual marriage stuff like that Uh, and he is completely wrong on abortion anything that says that anything that permits abortion in any form is murder period it's wrong so he's wrong on that had some people in the comment uh, yesterday say that Trump is God's David no no Trump is not God's David Uh, let's just be very clear I support President Trump politically. I believe the 2020 elections were stolen from him. I believe that he is the rightly elected president. I believe that he is funny. I believe that he's genuine. I believe that he's been a success business-wise. I believe that he is an incredible human being and there's plenty I, I wanna learn from him. He does not have the heart for the Lord like David did. So let's, let's just be, let's just, if we're gonna use the Bible as our standard, let's use the Bible as our standard. You can't support abortion. You can't support homosexual marriage. I I disagree with how he called himself the father of the vaccine. I think that's wrong. And we need to be able to say that stuff. I support Trump. I, I, I support what he does politically. You need to be able to say this stuff. And that's because for me, I believe God is using President Trump, like I said yesterday, to smash stuff. He is using, God is using President Trump to smash stuff. President Trump is a tool, just like all of us are. ...in the hands of God... ...and I believe God is using President Trump... ...to smash idols... ...so I'm on board with that... ...I'm also not going to just be so deceived... ...that I can't say anything otherwise... ...back to uh, our Proverbs here... ...Proverbs chapter 6... ...we're talking about... ...if you're going to be a surety... ...if you're going to be a guarantee... ...make sure that the people that you guarantee... ...that make sure that the words that you say... ...that bind you... ...you agree with... ...you know... ...but you're not going to be bound to just anybody... You should only be binding yourself to the people who you know are your friends. Because if you don't know that they are your friends, and you've bound yourself by the words, by the sureties, the stuff that you guarantee, you're going to set yourself up for failure. President Trump does not have a good background of endorsements. Now, people will say that patriots are in control, and Q and Anon, and, and Trump is really smart, he knows things, in 5D chess, and he is smart. He makes plays that, that, that I'm not... Able to to think through. I also believe because God is using him, he's a hammer, and so I'm unsure if there's thinking going through the process or if it's just by God's grace that he is just smashing stuff through. But he makes bad picks. Whether it's his son-in-law Jared Kushner that put an Israel first lobby in the White House, uh, you know, and they, they made this this uh, position where. Um, you know, getting away from America first, getting away from taking care of Americans to, um, you know, elevating uh, elevating those types of considerations, those those impasses. His his loudest supporters in the campaigns and stuff like that, he started to weed out, and he brought in, uh, you know, this this more temperate, more moderate establishment Republican advisors. Um, his own attorneys, you know, sold him out. What's her name? Jenna uh, Ellis. Jenna Ellis was one of his attorneys on the uh, election stuff. And then as soon as she broke, as soon as uh, that kind of all pittered out, by the which way, all of those court cases and none of them, none of those attorneys could get Trump standing. Interesting. Very interesting that attorneys could not get Trump standing in a, in a case where he was the one on the ballot. Very interesting to me. But as soon as she was gotten, she threw him down there. She sold him down the river. She has an entire podcast based on the fact that Trump is, uh, is bad and, and, you know, she's this, uh, you know, I, I believe she's a bushy. But anyway, um, the point that I'm trying to make for Trump's speaker endorsement is that Trump has the base. He's got the Republican Party. He's got the conservatives. The patriots support him. They know he was screwed. And even if they don't like him. I'm speaking to my holier than thou Christians. I'm I'm speaking to the people that are like, well, President Trump's you know morality is horrible. No, it, there's parts of it that are absolutely horrible. But if you if I in my opinion, if you don't see what God is doing with President Trump, just smashing stuff, um, you need to be able to call out the truth and be able to say where you disagree with him and point to the Bible why you disagree with him or point to the Constitution where he's wrong in the law. But God is absolutely using him. I wonder if Trump's endorsement of Jim Jordan will lead to lasting effects. I'm not above saying that I was wrong on uh, the McCarthy stuff. I believe the deep state was going to be stronger than what they were to withstand Matt Gates' uh, motion to vacate. So at this point, I think that President Trump's got the sway in the, in the Republican Party for them to nominate Jim Jordan. The question then becomes, will Jim Jordan deliver the goods? Because as the House Judiciary Committee chair, he's got the ability to subpoena all sorts of people. He, I mean, The House Judiciary is looking over the justiciable matters, the, the courts. They're looking over the judges. They're looking over the application of the law because the legislature created the federal courts, the circuit courts. Go look up the Judiciary Act of 1789. Those courts were created by the legislature. And that, that Judiciary Act of 1789, signed by George Washington himself, still stands. And so these lesser courts, these federal courts, are under the supervision of all this legislature. And the chair in the House that's dedicated to that is the, is the Judiciary Committee. Jim Jordan, as the chairman, has had the ability to subpoena anybody he wants to in government about all sorts of stuff. I want more on pharmaceuticals. I want more. I want more uh, subpoenas against pharmaceutical companies. I want more subpoenas against border people. I want more subpoenas. Uh, Hunter Biden. Like there's there's all sorts of stuff that's been going on that makes me now question. And, and I'm not doing this because I'm anti Jim Jordan. I, I generally think the Freedom Caucus guy is a conservative. The issue becomes, and this this is where for me. As now a student of the fundamental law, as someone who wants people to, to learn the law, learn their rights, uh, understand the common law, send notice and affidavit for the people to govern their government. So that is my position. I am a Christian. I believe the Bible. I want Americans to learn the fundamental law, know their rights, so that they, by right, can govern the government. So now it's no longer my frame is no longer the right versus the left. It's now, well, it, it's always, Lord willing, going to be Christ or not Christ, Matthew 12, 30. But now in politics, it's people and government. People and government. Because it's it's not about it's not about the right or the left, because either one of those are going to disagree. That's Hegelian going to disagree about the direction of government. I don't want the government to have a direction. I want the government to obey. I want the government to take its direction from the people, and I want the church to be preaching the gospel so that the people obey and love Jesus Christ. Love and obey Jesus Christ. So I want our government to do exactly what it was supposed to do, which is obey the people. So whenever we overlay on top of government, the right and the left, and we look at this uh, Trump's endorsement of Speaker, we've elevated, and I've said this before, we've elevated the position of Speaker such that this is our hope. We need the right guy because once we get the right guy in there, he'll do the subpoenas and the investigations and he'll do all the things. Riffing off yesterday that reminded me of a song, and maybe this is the wrong song because it's not as in, it's not as... intuitive. As what I played yesterday, I played uh, MC Hammer. Uh, you know, can't touch. Uh, you know, can't touch this yesterday. But today is going to be Creed. One last breath. And the idea, the idea that I'm going with here, is you just vacated the speakership. Speaker McCarthy's gone. Now we're talking about what person's going to get the speakership, and it's like Jim Jordan. And this is like this is our 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 one last we get one last chance to do this right it's always imminent you want the right people in the right job but you don't want the you don't want the idea You don't want the idea that the people in government are your last breath. You don't want the idea that you have to put all this trust in them. Like the proverb says, My son, if thou be a surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth, thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Do this now, my son, and deliver thyself. When thou art come into thy hand of the friend, go, humble thyself, and make sure thy friend. Yoke with your friends, be with like kind. If you're looking at government, if you're looking at Jim Jordan, if you're looking at the Speaker of the House as this position where you need the right guy in order for all the dominoes to fall, that's the same rug pull scenario where where political pundits have positioned you all the time. It's in perpetuity. You always need the majority. You always need more Republicans he's about to get it but you you always you're always going to need more republicans you're always going to need this legislation you're always going to need this and need that and so we create this construction we've constructed this uh this need where we have to have government do something for us and i just reject that exclusively and i believe that that undermines trump's strategic purpose and let's just be sober about this my father-in-law is is getting you know by this time uh, he's done with surgery from uh, removing his prostate. Prostate cancer. We are all going to die. And it's it's as though God using Trump as a hammer to smash idols, I believe, is what God's doing. But if you, you if you look at who God is using and you start supporting the tool instead of the one using the tool, then what you do is you lose track of what God is doing in the big picture... And you focus on what the tool is doing or saying or wants or whatever. And now you're giving glory to God's tool instead of God. God lifted Trump up. God is using Trump. God is using Trump to destroy stuff. And now that Trump wants Jim Jordan to be the speaker, amen, God bless. He's made bad picks in the past. (laughs) He's, He's made bad endorsements in the past. Um... And now you want this guy for speaker as though, what, Jim Jordan gets in speaker and what, like all the things are going to do good? Because either A, you believe that when Jim Jordan gets the speaker, let's just assume he does, you believe if he gets the speaker that now conservatism will just come back through. And is it the Chip Roy kind of conservatism? The kind of conservatism where where, where he will say, I've spent my whole life being a limited government conservative. And then the dude doesn't even know that the title 42 this, we covered this yesterday, where the title 42 laws that the Biden administration is just waving aren't actual laws. So is it the type of conservatism that doesn't actually know what the law is or know what the constitution is, and so they're just there to do talking points? Or is it the actual conservatism where it's like, you know what, we're gonna get back to marriage, we're gonna get back to family, we're gonna keep our money away from the grubby godless commie hands of government? We're going to honor our father and mother. We're going to take care of our seniors so they're not dependent like druggies on social security allotments. Like, are we going to love our neighbor or are we just going to open up the borders and let people from South America rape our our daughters? Right, like what type of conservatism are we talking about? Because if it's just Republican conservatism, I'll stiff arm that crap all day. I don't want that stuff anymore. That is dead to me. That is gone. That's dead to me. I ain't on that team. And you're not on my team, if that's your team. My team is Jesus Christ. My team is King Christ. And I wanna bring the truth of what's going on. I believe God is using Trump in a mighty way. And I believe that Trump has the purview and the blessing to pick the people that he wants in office. So if he wants to endorse Jim Jordan for speaker, I believe Jim Jordan's got a good track record. The needle I'm trying to thread here is that Jim Jordan ain't the dude who you want to use your last breath on saying, Hold me, save me, come come through and, and help us. If if you are there, you you need to get here. If 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 you're in the position where you're like, okay, we got rid of the speaker. Now we just need to get a conservative in there to actually pass the legislation that's good for the policy. Bro, chill. Chill. You want conservatives in there. Amen. can't tell which phone's ringing. I got multiple phones. You want conservatives in there, but you want to make sure that you're doing right. Because I'll say, I will absolutely say that there are godless commies like Hillary Clinton who are going around saying stuff like this. Commentary follows.
1: Partisans in both parties in the past. uh, And we had very bitter battles over all kinds of things. Gun control and climate change and the economy and taxes. But... There wasn't this little tale of extremism waving, you know, wagging the dog of the uh, Republican Party as it is today. Mm-hmm. And sadly, so many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members, but something needs to happen. And
0: this is what uh, conservatives are jumping on, this formal deprogramming. She said a couple things. The optics. She's in this library thing with a bunch of books. That lady, that old hag, has been complaining about a vast right-wing conspiracy since I was in kindergarten. I remember... Before she, before her husband, which was her, before she was running for president, she was complaining about a vast right-wing conspiracy. Rush Limbaugh, when he had his television program, was calling out her and her pantsuits for being the Machiavellian uh, Alinskyite who only married Bill Clinton because she got his coattails so that he could pull her to positions of power. And whenever she had the opportunity to perform, she failed. So amen, that woman has an ax to grind. She's never been in the kitchen, which is why she's so bitter, amen. She needs to shut up, but you recognize she's talking about deprogramming MAGA people. MAGAs make America great again. Does this woman clearly want communism? I mean, it's, it really is this idea that she hates people, but she's doing this with this robust, you know, August, August, which is uh, means just, you know, good, reverential, uh, the library books and law books. And so you get the ambiance that she's smart. Oh, she's smart. Look, she's got books there, right? I've got, I've got a, you know, I've got nothing. She's got books behind her, so she's smart. And then she's talking about how she's discrediting Trump as though this is going to... Listen, the people that believe Hillary Clinton are stupid and they need Jesus because they're going to go to hell. But if if they're believing what she's saying and she's saying, look, he's defending himself civilly and criminally. Do you not know how easy it would be for the godless commies to coordinate the lawfare? I mean, the cases that they're going against Trump are stupid anyway. But then for her to sit up there like some... You know, Fat Cat, some erudite, smug, pernicious little, uh, you know, uh, I can't see what I... This, this little, little, little old woman is just so vindictive and spiteful. <laughs> She's saying that, you know, oh, he, he has to defend himself criminally and civilly. Well, that's because he didn't go after you, you windbag. He didn't chuck you in jail like he said he would. He should have, which is another mistake that Trump did. He got in and he went... He went moderate on some things when he told you'd be in jail i was like yes because she needed to be and right now there's people saying yeah but the people had to see well maybe all it took for me was for them to steal 2020 i didn't need the covid lockdowns i didn't need the jabs i didn't need the masks i didn't need all those types of things they came because the godless commies thought the american people were so flat-footed that they'd be able to run roughshod right over And people would say, well, that was just a test run. They're coming back. I don't necessarily doubt that. But I also don't believe that there's a grand plan orchestrated by men or groups or Freemasons or Illuminati or whatever. I believe that Christ is king. Christ is on the throne. His gospel is victorious. And the lens I look at the world through is the Bible. And the Bible's not going to say, the Bible doesn't tell me that a small group of people or puppeteering everything, the Bible tells me that the church is victorious because Christ is zealous for his government. And his government will always increase. And his government will never be uh, you know, defeated. It will never be destroyed. And Christ works through his people. That's what I get. So you've got these competing ideologies. And people would look at this and say, well, she's talking about deprogramming. This is what the radical left wants to do. Well, yeah, no, duh. D- are you, are you going to be so triggered by the fact that Hillary, who should be put out the pasture, she's over here saying, you know, um, the, you know, we want to deprogram all these Magites. Oh, look at that. That's fear tactics. That's fear tactics. It's fear tactics. Of course she wants to deprogram people. Of course she wants to do these things. But pointing this out and saying, "Look, that's what they actually think." That's a tired conservative trope. That's simp conservatism. It's simp because all it's doing is preying on your fears. What it's not doing is not posturing you for government. It's not. T- it's not telling you that this windbag has. I need to come up with something else between this Jeremiah two twenty four harlot is over here saying um, the same things she's been saying for decades. Which suggests to you that she hasn't come up with either A, new ideas, or B, she hasn't been successful. She's been doing this for decades and hasn't been successful. She's always complaining about a vast right-wing conspiracy. Now she's talking about the MAGA people that need to be reprogramming. All she's doing to me is telling me she's not innovative, she's unsuccessful, and she hates Jesus. That's what I get from her. Now I want to shift if I can... And I want to go to this idea because there's still a lot of people that believe that executive orders have laid the foundation where the military is still in charge. They'll say the military is in control. Or, and, and I was one of these guys that whenever I started this live stream, I did so based on what I was observe. I did so based on the stolen 2020 election. And then I organized it on observing the military. I wasn't using tracking things, showing planes in the air. I wasn't uh, looking at Q drops. I wasn't doing any of that stuff. I was looking at what was going on in the military, just from open source information. And I was looking at the military, and I was taking it with my knowledge of the Constitution, and I was putting it together. And I was using that to explain that something wasn't right. Because whenever Trump fired his SECDEF, Esper, Mark Esper, in like November, right after the election, and then he brought on, uh, what was his face, Um, the Special Forces guy, Chris... um, I don't remember his name, but he, he brought on some secretary, Miller, Chris Miller. He brought on secretary of defense, Chris Miller. Chris Miller then stovepiped the, the, uh, the organization of all special operations underneath SECDEF. So he pulled them out from underneath the secretaries and stovepiped it underneath himself. That had never been done before. And then you look at the number of cannon shots. You look at all these types of things. And there are still people who are using that, those things from years ago, as their analysis to explain the world today. If you're going to use something from the past to explain the world today, use the Bible and not freaking conspiracy theory, approximating high probabilistic, uh, you know, alternative explanations for things. Because you could just look at Matt Gates explaining or asking what demigender is to some four-star Air Force general. Watch this.
2: What's demigender? Sir, that's, a, uh, that's a, a, a term of the people that are eligible for that particular scholarship
3: that what's is available to, it's a person who looks at their gender in a,
2: in a, different, uh, a different way than I do, sir.
0: Well, sure, that's all so, of these people. You're a cisgender man, you don't even get to apply. Well. Do you know what geni- demigender really means?
2: Uh,
3: I'm not really sure, sir.
0: Right, so do you know what agender means? All one word, not a space gender, but agender.
3: Uh, Sir, I don't.
0: Right, so here we are pushing a fellowship, calling for people that you don't even know what the words mean, and the number one group of people, the cisgender men, are excluded. Now, in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion, should we be pushing programs that we can't define that exclude the largest group of service members? Great question. I like Matt Gaetz. I like him more and more. Got issues. We all do. The core thesis here is that if you believe that the military is still in charge, if you believe that stuff, recognize the rotting out of the core of the military, not the peripheral of the military. Because if there's clickety clacks on a computer, or if there's g whiz smart people that are like pushing up their glasses while they're like doing their statistical algorithms to like do stuff around the peripheral, space command or special operations, that's not the core of the military. I would say the Air Force is not the core of the military. But so as a three star, not a four star. But I would say that the Air Force core is being that was the Air Force Academy superintendent. That's a three-star general in charge of the cadets at the Air Force Academy, the Zoomies, who are going to be the leaders of the Air Force decades from now. So the leaders from the Air Force decades from now are being trained, are being taught demigender, agender, all this godless commie crap. And you want to believe the military still in charge based on some executive orders. And while the core of the military The future of the military is being trained and taught and shaped. You want to believe that the military is still in charge of like all these things. Go with that. If the military were in charge right now, the borders being opened and the trespass, the the liberty loss, the violence, the raping, the murders, all of that is unlawful. All of that is unconstitutional. You are not in the law permitted to do wrong or to break the law to do good in the law. Paul writes about this in Romans. Do I go about doing wrong so that God gets the glory? Because if God gets glory because he conquered my sin, shall I just go about sinning so that he gets more glory? And he says, of course not. You do not do wrong in order to do right. And if there's people right now that are like, well, but you don't really understand the 5D chess... You're stupid. You're stupid. There are people who have died. There are people who are in trespass. There are things that are happening that are seem to be irrevocable. And they're happening. And if you're still giving your thought to, to this notion of of this military that you don't understand, being in control despite the fact that its core is being hollowed out, that is a, that is a general... He may be a diversity hire, but that is a that is a general in charge of a of uh, a, 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 a military academy. He's pushing for something he doesn't understand. That dude did not come up with the idea, demigender scholarship. And then really slow down and think about that. This man has given decades of his life to an institution, and he's now sworn under uh, oath to members of Congress, telling them the the institution he now leads because he's got three stars on his on his shoulder he's got three stars on his shoulder the institution he's given decades to he's promoting something he doesn't understand he didn't come up with that idea who told him that who told him he needs to do that where did that idea come from whose ear who who has that dude's ear who is sitting on his shoulder telling him what to say that his decades of service to the institution that he swore to he is just going to chuck under the bus walk in the freaking buzzsaw and go to Matt Gates and say we need demigender stuff and then Matt Gates is like what are you talking about? and he doesn't even know the freaking definition do you understand the type of institutional um, loyalty it takes to just completely do that? and that doesn't just... Happen, folks. That doesn't just happen. For all the people that think you just push button, get military, you're stupid. You raise officers. They are raised over time. You don't just pop military leaders out. Doesn't just happen. I just wanted to riff on that because there's still people that are like, it's just, it's, 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 it's it's hopium. It's hopium. Stop doing it. Let's go to DeSantis. He sucks. Commentary follows. Goes to 10 rallies, their vote counts the
2: same as somebody that's unenthusiastic Then then goes and votes. And and we just have to understand that. And people will act like 2020, they're like, you know, Biden was, was such a disaster. But here's the thing I don't think I don't think anybody voted for Biden. Okay? They were voting against Trump. That was why they did it. I mean, let's just be honest. He and he energized Democrats. You could have John Kennedy walk through the door right now and he wouldn't energize Democrats as much as Donald Trump does. That's just the reality. What did we do in Florida with these Democrats? We defeated these Democrats. We left the Democratic Party in Florida in a pile of ruins. They're dead. In fact, If you look, if you go back 2019, 2018, the 2019, 2020, the Democrats had like 300,000 more registrations than we did as Republicans. And partially because of our leadership during COVID, that really started to change. So by the time I got uh, reelected in November, we had 300,000 more Republicans than Democrats. And we never had more R's than D's in Florida history. We did that with me being governor. But here's the best part. Three hundred thousand advantage. Today, that advantage is six hundred thousand. We've added another three hundred thousand advantage in one year. I mean, are you kidding me? Yes, ma'am.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> this is still right, left. This is this is simp politics. This this way. Of, this is like a dinosaur that's dead in the brain but his body doesn't know it yet. And because it's still walking, it's slumbering, it's, it's, it's on its death fall, but it, everyone on the outside still looks like it's moving, this is dead thinking. We have more Republicans registered than Democrats. Yeah! More Republicans! Do those Republicans stand aside while the borders are open? Do they... Still locked down their states? Do they jab people? Do they wear masks? Do they not care about the Constitution? What kind of Republicans are we talking about? <laughs> are we talking about the abolitionist Republicans that got rid of slavery? Or are we talking about the Republicans that are like, you know what? We think that abortion's cool after, you know, uh, six weeks or 20 weeks. Is it the Republicans that support homosexual marriage and sodomy? The the pro-Genesis 19 crowd? Or I should say the anti-Genesis 19 crowd? Like what what type are we talking about? But you see, it's anything to just go against Trump. DeSantis is woefully outmatched. He's going to lose, but to save face, he has to what? Downshift into the fundamental ideas, which are we got more Republicans. Bro, well, do you think that those Republicans just come from you? Because he certainly said they did. Well, we got we we got more Republicans registered under me. Well, but they were also registered under Trump too, bro. Those Republicans in 2020—that was when Trump was president. So are you going to take credit for what Trump did, or I mean, like it's—it's just, it's just sad. It's just sad because the dude had the dude's got talent, and he is just wilting against Trump. Because here's—I believe people pressured him into making the decision to run for president. The money came in, and he probably had the conversation. Listen, Ron, we hate Trump. We're going to give you a lot of money. You're going to challenge him for president. And you need to do this whether you want to or not. Because if you don't, this money ain't going to be there in 2028 when we know you would otherwise personally have written, written, uh, ran for president. We know you wouldn't have gone against Trump. But we want you to go against Trump because we hate Trump. So we're going to give you money. We're going to guarantee it to you. And you're going to run against him. And he's going to be like, oh, crap, I really want to be president because that's what my purpose in life is. And so we're going to run for president now because we're told to. And now he's doing it. And then he went, again, again, second time I'm using it, he went against the buzzsaw. He went face first into a buzzsaw called Trump. And Trump is just ripping him apart. And he ain't got nothing on him. There's more Republicans in Florida. Yeah. To the seal clap. oh. oh, oh, oh. You got a bunch of seals. And what was... You got the law enforcement people there behind him. It's simp. Trump is uh, a victim of bad law. Here he's tweeting out, truthing out, I should say. It's almost obnoxiously low. Another Palm Beach realtor with over 30 years experience in the area tells The Sun, Mar-a-Lago has 17 acres and stretches across the island with beachfront on both sides. There are no comparables. No comparables. There's nothing to go on. It would be like... You asking me how much is a Mona Lisa worth? Trump is being bogged down. Trump, caring about his property, as he should, being a businessman, caring about his reputation, as he should, is being hounded by lawfare. The lawfare is not going to get him in the law. They're not going to get a conviction. But what they are getting is they are getting his attention off of what he needs to be focused on, which is America and smashing these godless commies. This... Truth right here shows me Trump has people around him, his attorneys around him, who aren't arguing his rights. They are arguing stupid statutes. And him and them arguing stupid statutes has Trump doing arguments like this, where he's low-key comparing the Mona Lisa, this priceless work of art, with his uh, Mar-a-Lago. Now, in the public eye, that's good for giving Trump's people a talking point. So Trump's people can say, look, Mar-a-Lago is basically like the Mona Lisa, which is now going to be the talking point. And amen. Good for Trump being a businessman while he's defending himself against the law. Amen. But at the same time, it's like what role does government have to even be up in his business? Like this one. This one, he, he goes out, a chief property tax appraiser. Stop. Tax appraiser. Find me that. Find me where the tax appraiser, you know what a tax appraiser does? The tax appraiser is literally looking at something and then using subjective value, you can say that it's according to a rubric. You can say that there's rules that he has to use to appraise, but it's still subjectivity. He's subjecting, he is subjecting another man's property to his discretion And I don't care if you use tools or templates or case law or any kind of metric to do it. You're not, you are using your discretion to subjectively appraise another man's property. Show me that in the law. Show me that power granted to government. What you will find is that property taxes are indirect taxes applied directly to people's property. It's a freaking hoax, it's unlawful. But you got Trump going out. A chief property tax appraiser for Palm Beach County, Cecil Jackson, told Newsweek that clubs like Mar-a-Lago are assessed based on membership numbers, dues, and the cost, cost to run the facility. Now, hold on. If you're a private membership association, what the hell is government doing assessing your stuff? This is fundamental law. We don't have fundamental law, which is why this stuff happens. Another reason why we don't have fundamental law are these boats. Watch this. This is a group of Islamic men coming from Africa, from the Middle East, to Europe. Watch this. I can't take it. I can only listen. It's like, it just makes me think you get my head cut off. Um, they're coming into, uh, into Europe. Immigrants illegals are invading into America. This is a Korean veteran... He's going to explain to you the secret of overcoming and defeating the tyrants. Watch this.
3: And then one day, there's a thing on the board, a notice on the board. You gotta be out by March 15th. I think that gave us like a month and a half to find out where we're gonna go. I thought my suitcases were gonna be on the curb. Because I'm not that fast. If it wasn't for my daughter, they would have been on the curb. (laughs) But that's what happened. And uh, that was it. I said, no, 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 you're not moving me. And they said, yes, 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 we are. And uh, everything was done behind closed doors. We didn't have a chance to actually make any attempt to stop them because there wasn't enough time. I thank Richie over there for looking after me. He did a terrific job. Frank, that's all good. Between him, my daughter and my grandkids, I survived. <laughs> well,
1: I'll say this, uh, Frank is very fortunate to have a loving family and a support system. He's fortunate to have his daughter Barbara, his grandson Michael, have been willing to help, but not every senior has that. And we know that there are seniors that were in that facility that did not have that support system, and that's why we demand to know what happened to them. But it also brings up a point that they were forced to leave on a certain day in March. Yet, when the elected officials inquired, they were told they don't want to sell in this market. They, what was the rush then? That's the question we need the media to ask homes for the homeless. If you didn't sell the property, and you still weren't interested in selling the property, then what was the rush to get these senior citizens out? They deserve to know, they deserve to have answers, and if this is a nonprofit organization that wants to keep its nonprofit status, they better have the answers to those questions. I thank you all for coming, and I'm sure you have questions, not for me, for our friend Frank here. <laughs>
0: Now, I want to cuz I just checked my phone while I was watching that. A couple different things going on. A Korean veteran kicked out of his housing by the people who owned it, the nonprofit who owned it. And the nonprofit kicked him out presumably to sell it. But then when they kicked him out, they didn't sell it. What did they do? They occupied it with illegals. So nonprofits are getting money to kick Korean veterans out, Korean war veterans out of their people, out of their homes that they're providing them for. Ostensibly, the nonprofit organization exists to provide housing for underprivileged people. In this case, a Korean War veteran. So this Korean War veteran takes advantage of the nonprofit organization's services, which is housing, cheap housing. The nonprofit organization kicks him out. I'm sure that there's terms and conditions somewhere about the housing there. Kicks him out to do what? To sell it. But they don't sell the property. What do they do? They occupy it with illegals. This means, and this is what I believe, that the non-profit organization has found a revenue stream that gets them more money with illegals coming in than housing Korean War veterans. This is a travesty. But at the very end, this lawmaker speaking about the fact that this non-profit organization is going to be able to keep its non-profit status, I think that this is folly. I think that whenever you look at a tax status as the crux of, a, of an agency or an entity's existence, you're 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 overlooking the fact that the man's liberty was trespassed and that a non-profit organization is created by the state and allowed to do things so long as it doesn't go against fundamental law. And if you go against fundamental law, then you as an entity cannot administratively exist. Lawmakers don't know this. They either know it and don't care because they get paid to not and neglect it or they don't know and because they don't know you got to ask the attorneys why aren't you guys telling them that the government can destroy administratively dissolve any entity that goes against the fundamental law any entity that trespasses the people's rights kit show me that was the was the korean war veteran given full disclosure by this nonprofit organization that they could give him xyz notice to get out of his place for considerations for sale And if you don't sell the property, which is probably what the terms and conditions were, we give you notice, you have to get out if we're going to sell the property. That makes sense because they can't have you in there if they're going to try to sell. They're going to get you out. But if they tell you they're going to sell and that's false or that's fraud and they don't sell but then they go get somebody else to go get another revenue stream, I want full disclosure. Did the Korean War veteran... What did he receive full disclosure that he would be able to have housing from that entity, from that non-government organization, that he could have his housing switched out for an illegal i want to see that because if he didn't have full disclosure to that that uh, contract is null and void because it was signed under false premise it, he there was no meeting of the minds they did not give him full disclosure and if they didn't give him full disclosure then they're trespassing his rights if they're trespassing his rights then he can go to that legislature who's having the public relations uh you know the the, the doing the press conference for him she can take action to do a letter of inquiry she can take action to to do an executive action committee to go against that entity and let, and administratively dissolve that non-government actor, that, that NGO. But people don't think like this because they don't know the fundamental law. I want to point out that I just saw this. Mike Lindell, can't. we can't pay the lawyers. Mike Lindell reveals very sad news. Lawfare cases by the radical left are robbing him of his income. October 6th, this is just put out, but Gateway Pundit. There's Mike Lindell going on War Room. Mike Lindell joins Steve Bannon on Thursday, War Room, where he revealed some very sad news. Listen, I believe Mike's a patriot. I believe he loves the Lord. This guy is being milked by his attorneys. He needs a stand on his rights. Yes, lawfare is coming for him. But if you understand, the only reason lawfare is effective is because people don't know the fundamental law. And because the lawfare is, and because people don't know the law, they will get sued and when they get sued they're like holy crap I'm getting sued where's the attorneys where where do I get attorneys and then they go pay money the attorneys the very first question they're going to ask is what do you do for a living what do you do for a living what do you do for a living we want to make sure that you've got enough money so that we can get paid despite whether you win or lose and you end up paying so much money on the front side that by the time you realize holy crap this thing's all stupid you're bled dry it's like an iv So so they see Mike Lindell as nothing more than a big vat of blood that they're going to stick their IVs into and just bleed them dry. He's just a big sack of money that they're just taking these direct IVs from. You need to stand on your rights, Mike. You need to learn the fundamental law and assert your rights and crush these things. Because what's happening... for, for, For example... We spoke about this yesterday, a couple days ago. The IRS is coming after Mike Lindell because Mike Lindell does direct contracts with his employees. Now, hear this Article 1, Section 10, Clause 1, Subsection 6 says that Congress and no state shall make any law impairing the obligation of a contract. If Mike Lindell owns MyPillow and Mike Lindell does a private contract with his employees, they ain't his employees, it's a private contract. What right does the IRS have to tell Mike Lindell's MyPillow that they can regulate his business if he's in a private contract? They aren't privy to that private contract. The IRS can go to them if they want to, or if the IRS comes to him, he can rebut the non-positive law, Title 26. He can rebut that with the Tariff Act of 1913 and say, IRS, show me the positive law you guys have in order to come into my business to make me check my books or for you to do this. Now, if they were smart, the government actors, they could come back and say, well, you are a created entity of this state. XYZ, Minnesota, I think is where he's from. You are a created entity of Minnesota, so we can come and look at your books. Amen. But what power were you granted? What power were you granted where I have to just do all this stuff? Show me. Show me. And then which government actor swore? Because think about this. If the government is suing you, the people of, the state of, the United States of America, the presumption is that you have something or you did something against them. So if you have a business and you're making pillows and you're doing stuff with your Egyptian cotton and all this other kind of stuff, you're doing things and the government sues you, the presumption is that you have something or you've done something against the government. Who swore on the government's behalf that you've hurt them? Who swore on the government's behalf that you have something that is theirs? Your attorneys don't know this. Your attorneys don't say this. Your attorneys aren't told this. They're not educated like this. This is not their understanding because they don't know the law. What they do is pay me my money. Show me my money. I say this as someone who was raised by an attorney. Someone whose father-in-law right now is getting surgery to kill the cancer who was an attorney. My uncle's an attorney. I have friends that are attorneys. Attorneys don't know the fundamental law. They know the system. They know the process. They know that what, what they've been taught. But if they haven't been taught what the fundamental law is, what the maxims are, what your rights are, if they don't even know their state constitutions, I mean, look at this. Mike's from Minnesota, I think. Let's go to Minnesota. Let me just share my screen and we'll, we'll get into some constitution. Let's just share my screen. Let's go to Minnesota. Minnesota. Preamble. Here you are. Bill of Rights. Article 1, Minnesota Constitution. Look at that. Government is instituted for the security, benefit, protection of the people in whom all political power is inherent together with the right to alter, modify, or reform government whenever they're required by the public good. Minnesota Constitution, Article 1, Section 1. Boom. Look at this. Uh, rights of citizens, privileges, freedom of press. Where's property? Look at this. Trial by jury. The right to trial by jury shall remain inviolate. Where's Mike Lindell's trial by jury? Mike Lindell is paying all this stuff, all this lawfare, right? He's saying all this stuff, we can't pay the lawyers. He's paying all these lawyers. But where is his trial by jury? Where's his trial by jury? Where is his trial by jury to do this? He don't have one. He don't have one. What he does have is he's gonna, and I'm trying to find a property, see this due process. You need due process treason defined rights of injuries or wrongs look at that redress of injuries or wrongs wrong is a common law word it's not a statutory word it's a common law word every person is entitled to a certain remedy in the laws for all injuries or wrongs which he may receive to his person property or character to obtain justice freely ooh to obtain that means have which means justice is something that you can actually possess justice freely and without purchase which means if there's ever a court that says you have to pay a court cost or a filing fee show them the freaking law that says i don't have to pay you completely and without denial so it's not partial and you can't be denied promptly and without delay conformably to the laws amen people don't understand the fundamental law which is why they get destroyed god bless mike lindell for the work he does i have my pillows um, but you can only buy so many pillows. But those lawyers—they're gonna make—they're gonna get their money. Let's go to this. That's a good transition. This is the uh, the letter that I got. Let me bring it up here. I wanna this. I got this letter from the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals. You can read it right there. But I want to actually—I I, I saved it on on the screen so I can show you. Let's do a letter. We'll end with this. This is the letter that I sent, that they sent me. Uh, this is United States Court of Appeals for the Tenth Circuit, Office of the Clerk. This is Christopher Walpert. Um, hold on, can I make this bigger? Make this a little bit bigger? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I, I don't like that because I'm going to have to scoot back and forth. So let's just do it like this. All right. Uh, Dear Mr. Jackson, the court received... And this was September 12th. Today is October 6th. Uh, Dear Mr. Jackson, the court received multiple documents from you on on August 11, 2023, September 1, 2023, September 11, 2023, titled Notice to Trustee that the Oklahoma Constitution is a Public Trust to Benefit People, Notice of Rights of People to Clarify Presumptions in Law and to Instruct for the Public Good, and Notice that Judicial Power is Granted for Remedy of Injury to Person, Property, or Reputation. Because you do not have any current or prior cases in this court, we have reviewed your documents to determine if they come within our authority to act. This court's primary jurisdiction is over appeals from the final judgments made by federal district courts within this circuit. Upon review, we are unable to find a basis for this court's jurisdiction in your documents, and we are taking no further action. Please be advised that the court may not respond to future submissions unless you are party to a case before it. Now, You might not know what this means. I want to explain to you what this means. This means whenever they say, this is all the stuff that you sent us, they got it. The difference is, I didn't send it to the Court of Appeals. I sent these to Jerome Holmes. Let me get my book. Where's my book? Hold on. I didn't send these to uh, the court. I sent these to Jerome Holmes. Let me get my stuff organized. I didn't think I was going to do this. Let me do... Um, oh, here we go. Uh, so this this is the one that they sent. Right? This is the one. Notice to... This is the first one. Notice to trustee that the Oklahoma Constitution is a public trust to, to benefit people. And this is exactly who I sent it to. Here are my green cards. These are green receipts. Send it to John Heil, who's a federal judge. Send it to Jerome Holmes. Jerome Holmes, there you are. That dude right there is the chief justice of the Tenth Circuit Supreme Court, and there's the tracking number. So that's the tracking number to the thing that I sent. That is uh, the notice to trustee of the Oklahoma Constitution Trust to benefit people. Jerome Holmes got that. Not the Tenth Circuit. What's the difference? The difference is the judge is not the court and the court is not the judge. So this is where people need to understand what the law is because this gentleman, Jerome Holmes, who I think is a Trump appointee actually, this guy is... So what happened is Jaron, one of the people, sent notice to all sorts of people. And whenever I sent notice by certified mail, I can prove that I sent it, I can prove what I sent, and whenever I sent it to these people, they're supposed to take notice. Judicial notice is evidence, that's a maxim of law. A judge doesn't know anything unless it's brought to them and made known to them judicially. This means, and I've said this before, if a judge is looking directly at you, excuse me, judge is looking at you and there's this pen, If this pen is not brought in front of the judge's eyes, the judge doesn't know that it exists. So whenever he's looking at whatever he's looking at, until someone brings something in front of him, he does not take judicial notice. He only takes judicial notice if it's brought to him. So you give notice, which means affirmation, or uh, not affirmation, it means information, it means observation, uh, it can mean to instruct, um, whatever it is, but you give... Judicial notice. So when a when a judge has a case, he's looking at this case. He's looking at this box. Everything in the box, everything in the case, is what the judge notices. The judge doesn't notice. So if this is the box, if this is the oh, it's just this. And people are going to say, oh crap, he just did the Illuminati thing. Oh, people are so stupid. So if this is the box, I'll do it right here. That way, my eye is not in the middle of it. If if you if here's the case, and something's out of the case, people have to take stuff and put it in the case they have to put it in the hole so the judge has judicial notice. If they don't put it in the hole, they don't have judicial notice. The judge is only going to look what's inside the case. So if there's something out of the case and your lawyers don't argue it, the judge doesn't take notice. This is what's happening to Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell has rights. He's got rights all day long. He's got the Constitution. He's got the fundamental law. He's got all these powers, all this privilege, all this power that he can actually direct the court by himself. But guess what? The judge doesn't take notice because it ain't in the circle. It has not been brought into the judges like like this because this hand is the case. Everything on this hand is the case. You have to bring it on the the hand and you have to say, we're going to put judicial notice. That tickles. You're going to have to put judicial notice. My pen doesn't work. There. You're going to have to put judicial notice. We're going to write judicial notice on this stuff. And this is what the judge looks at. Okay, there it is. But if it's not written in the case, if it's not brought into the case, if it's not filed, if it's not given notice, the judge doesn't see it. So if you're Mike Lindell and you're paying all this money to your stupid attorneys, and your stupid attorneys aren't saying what the fundamental law is, no one's bringing notice of what your rights are. And if the court doesn't have notice of what your rights are, if the judge doesn't have notice of what your rights are, they're not going to take notice of them. So whenever Jaron... And I should say, I would encourage you, whenever you give notice to your servants, you're telling them what the information is. And they have a duty and an obligation to take notice of what you send them. Why? Because that's the law. So what this judge, excuse me, what this uh, court clerk did, you notice exactly what they did. So they did two things wrong in the law. The very first thing that they did wrong in the law was that they conflated courts with judges. I did not send this to a court. I sent this to a judge. The judge, look at this, the court received. No, the court did not receive. The judge received. The judge is a is a, is a is a man, man or woman, born, you know, made in God's image, sworn to the constitution. The court is not a person. The, uh, people are going to get all hung up on the words and probably we should. The court is an institution. The court is created by government. A judge is someone who's sworn to the Constitution and he is in person of jurisdiction to the people. I'm the boss. They're the servant. We are the boss. They're the servants. They only have their positions because we created them. So when they swear an oath, they owe us obligation. They owe us duty. They owe us service. So, whenever I or you or anybody else gives notice, we are bringing it into their notice. We're bringing it into their observation. What they also, so that's the first thing. I didn't write it to a court, I wrote it to a judge. Don't write your instruments to a court, write your instruments to a judge. First thing, that's the fundamental law. The second thing is they're saying here, they said, uh, where was it? Um, this court, oh, I'll just do the thing. When they say, uh, because you do not have any current or prior cases in this court. Stop. The presumption there is that the courts only do cases. You see that? You, does that make sense? Their presumption, they say this presuming that courts only exist for a case. Courts don't only exist for a case. Courts have judicial power. Judicial power is for the defense of liberty. It's for the remedy of rights, rights and wrongs. The only reason judicial power exists is for justice. Justice does not have to wait until there is a wrong done. Justice, if you do, I mean, there's a reason why you put a fence on your property. I'm going to put a fence on my property so people don't come in. Well, that's a proactive measure. That's not a defensive measure. That's proactivity. It's me saying this is my border. Don't come on it. This is my property. Don't come on. Now, if you trespass despite the fact that I have a fence, I got you. Because now I'm going to say, hey, remember that fence that you came over? I put that there to show that that ain't you. It's mine. And you went over it. I'm going to hammer you harder. It's the same thing we're doing. These notices to these judges are you putting out your fence you saying get away from me, this is mine. You're always gonna square your corners with government. Why should I live my life and wait for people to attack me before I go to government and tell them, these are my rights, I know my rights, now you know my rights, defend them because if anything ever comes across your nose regarding me, I know that now you know and we all know that these guys are coming against me. So you're gonna hammer them. And you're going to be on my side because you only have that position because you swore an oath. So whenever they say, because you do not have any current or prior cases in this court, it presumes I have to have a case before the court takes notice. And that ain't the fundamental law. That ain't the fundamental law. And I'm about to show it to you. I'm, about, I'm going to show you the affidavit I'm going to write. But, the, but the, so they're wrong. And this is because they've been taught wrongly. Lawyers have been taught wrongly. Uh, we have reviewed, again, there's the we and not the judge. I sent it to a judge. I did not send it to a we. The, the we here is not the judge who was the, uh, the one who got it. We reviewed your documents to, re- to determine if they come within our authority or, 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 uh, within our authority to act. First of all, they're not documents. They're instruments. They are lawful commands. They are lawful uh, notice of the fundamental law. These are instruments. They, they are tools. They do something documents are just documenting something. There's just, there's stuff in there. No, no, no. These were instruments. These were instruments. In some cases, they they, uh, establish contract. In some cases, they they all refer to themselves as standing as evidence and fact and law and that no courts may rehear this matter. So they're not documents, they're instruments, right? So they're, they're using very loose language. This court's primary jurisdiction, stop. Where does this court, Get the authority to determine its primary jurisdiction. And if I bring up, maybe I'll do that. If I bring up, I don't have it pulled up. If I bring up the Judiciary Act of 1789, this clerk just said uh, the primary jurisdiction is over appeals from final judgments made by district courts within the circuit. That may be what they are used to doing. That doesn't mean that it is the primary jurisdiction. It also doesn't mean that it's the only jurisdiction, right? By saying something's the primary jurisdiction, that's a very lawyer way of saying that there are other jurisdictions and that uh, because that there's other jurisdictions, there's other ways to access. Just because I didn't come from a final judgment of a federal district court doesn't mean that there aren't other jurisdictions and that the court can't do things other than what it primarily only does make sense like just because I don't come from a federal district court doesn't mean that I can't tell you and give you notice what are you, what are you talking about like show me where you guys can deny me giving you notice just because I didn't come from a federal court that don't make sense it, it makes sense if you go to law school it makes sense if you're a lawyer and you you go with the system and but I'm looking at my rights going, I don't care that I'm not from a case. I'm going to tell you what the law is. I'm going to bring you to a fundamental, uh, frequent recurrence to fundamental law so that you don't let your stupid presumptions, you don't let bad presumptions in your court to do me harm. If you're the judge, you're supposed to know the law. If you know the fundamental law, you know if someone brings some garbage to your court, you'd be like, get out of this guy. Get get away from this guy. This ain't the law. You'll be able to identify bad presumption. Especially if I tell you what bad presumptions are. Like like the the, the one that says this. The one that says this, uh, notice of rights of people to clarify presumptions in law. The notice is literally clarifying presumptions in law. And that's what they don't like. That's what triggered them. They don't like me clarifying presumptions in law. They don't like me doing that right there. They don't like me clarifying presumptions in law because what am I doing when I do that? When I write clarifying presumptions in law, I'm giving them judicial notice. I'm giving them notice for them to have judicial notice that anything that that instrument was about, they now know judicially to nuke it. If it ever comes up, and guess what that was about? That was about the IRS. <laughs> that right there was this one. Where's it at? Where's it at? I'll show it to you. Where's it at? Uh... Uh... Um... Okay, because I, yeah. Uh, so that one right there was my IRS one. It's this one. It's this one. That one's this one. And there's all the, the cards, right? So so what I do is I have a book with a, a binder, right? And I've got all the things that I've ever done and all the green cards and their associated things. So that's, that's how I do it. That's how I do my stuff. And now I'm just managing my affairs. Oklahoma Tax Commission, uh, IRS. I mean, like, I just manage my affairs now. And, and when you write these instruments, they become, there's a way to write them and we can go over that if you want. There's a way to write them where they become contracts. And if it's a contract between you and your government, you're using your right to alter government. You're also writing a private contract and they can't pass any laws to impair the obligation of a private contract. So whenever I write to them, like I did right here, where I say to clarify presumptions in law, you saw that? To clarify presumptions in law right there. To clarify presumptions in law. Whenever I'm doing that, I'm blocking, I'm preemptively blocking anybody from coming in. And now the 10th circuit knows it. <laughs> and so they write back, they're like, We're, you know, you're not a member of the case. Alright, alright, alright. I got you. They they say this court's primary jurisdiction is over appeals from final judgments. It doesn't mean it's only jurisdiction. It doesn't mean that there's not other ways to access besides what they're what they think is their primary way. Upon review, we are unable to find a basis for this court's jurisdiction in your documents, understanding that the court is not the judge, the judge is not the court. The judge doesn't have to have jurisdiction in order for a judge to have judicial notice. You can give judicial notice to a judge and he can now know judicially what you tell him, which is exactly what I'm doing because whenever I send notice to a judge, that judge now knows judicially the fundamental law that I told him. And if I tell him what the fundamental law is on the income tax, for example, if I tell him that he now knows, which means that if any case ever goes to him, he knows judicially what the fundamental law is because I told it to him. And if I send it certified mail, he knows that I know he got it. (laughs) And this is the they don't think like this, guys, that like the government isn't ready for people to govern them and they don't like it. And that's what this is. So, we're going to govern them. <laughs> we're going we're to govern them real fast. And by doing that, we're going to write an affidavit. And I will show you what this affidavit says. Let me, uh, let me do this. Where's my this? Undo this. Click. We're going to... Nope, I didn't. Let's do this right here. I'll make myself down here. I'll click the thing. Then I'll do the stuff. Where are you at? And then I will do fancy up. Boom. Right there. All right. So here we are. This is the affidavit that I'm going to write in response to this thing. I haven't sent it yet. I uh, need to print it uh, and then we'll send it. So here we go. Uh, let me make it a little bit bigger. Let me jihad it a little bit. Uh, view. And uh, you guys can do this too. But, but what, I, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to show you that you are the boss. We the people have all political power. And when we have all political power, we need to tell our servants when they're doing wrong, what the law is. And we're going to just, I'm I'm going to swear this under oath, under penalty of perjury, and I'm going to send it right back to him, to Jerome. I'm going to send it to Jerome and Jerome's going to have evidence sworn under penalty of perjury that I have the inherent right to instruct trustees. And I'm going to make him, uh, I'm going to make him either acquiesce or he's going to argue. And if he argues, I crush him because I'm right. And if he acquiesces, then now I have evidence in the Tenth Circuit where the Chief Justice of the Tenth Circuit knows that people can tell him what the fundamental law is, which goes against a stupid letter because his letter is stupid and it's a trespass on my rights. And we're going uh, to go over that. So this is an affidavit of inherent right to instruct trustees. Notice the agent is notice the principal. Notice the principal is notice the agent. Affiant, that's me. One with personal knowledge. I have personal knowledge. I'm sworn under oath of affirm or affirmation. I say uh, under oath because I say, so help me God, because I'm a Christian. Amen. Uh, Affirmation is normally just like you're, you know, for people who hate Jesus. (laughs) I say that jokingly, Uh, but really, um, because whenever you swear under penalty of perjury, you literally need to say, you know, I do solemnly swear um, and you, you say it out loud. This is vocalized. You, you identify the location, you identify the time, you identify the place, you identify the person who's swearing you in, you do all these things and it's done voluntarily. There is no gun to my head. There is no, uh, no one's forcing me to do this. I'm doing it freely. Affiant, Jaron Jackson, that's me. One of the people, that's my status in the law, is you are one of the people. As seen in the fifty American states, amen. Fifty American states. Republican informed, because a Republican government uh, is has its administration open to the it, its its administration is open uh, to all the people in, in the in the nation. Sui juris, this is Latin for by by right. I'm doing this by my own right. So this is your um, this is your standing. What standing do you have? Well, I'm freaking sui juris, bro. I can do this because I have the right to. That's done. Like, you can't tell me where I stand. I stand where I am because I am who I am. Um, so, I'm one of the people. That's my status. I'm Republican in form, which means I'm, in, I'm governing the government. And I'm doing this by right. Serves you. I'm serving him. Jerome Holmes. That's the Chief Justice of the 10th, uh, Circuit, Supreme, uh, 10th Circuit Court of Appeals. This affidavit, I'm telling him what an aff- what what this instrument is, it's not a document, it's an affidavit. By necessity, which means that this is an over this is a controlling force that he cannot withstand. So I'm bringing something to him which is a necessity, which means I have to do it. I have to do this. And that that you do provide immediate due care, which is the language you use to tell justices, take judicial notice of this. You, a judge, Do provide, which means you're obligated, you give, you serve, you do. Uh, Immediate, now, do care, which means you are obligated to give me care. I know who you are. You are a servant. Servants serve. I'm now telling you to serve me. That's what this is. Please take notice, which is what you want. You you never want to say take notice. You want to say please take notice because the please take notice is not saying appointed fact for a case. Take notice is take notice of this fact for the case that you're involved in. Please take notice is an awareness of, hey, this is true. This is information. That's allowing this judge to apply what I'm giving him to not only the stuff I'm telling him, but everything else. Please take notice is a, is a broad and universal, hey, focus on this. Take notice is this is relevant for the case at hand. Please take notice this affidavit is sent by common law right and not as a case. I'm telling him this right up front because his letter from his clerk is telling me that they only have jurisdiction if there's a case. And I'm telling him I'm doing this by common law right. Common law means everybody can do this. Not just Jaren, not just stupid attorneys, everybody can do this. And because everybody can do this, I don't need a case, period. So I'm doing this by common law right and not as a case. So he can't tell me, well, I don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have a case. No, no, no. I know I don't have a case. I'm telling you by common law right. Period. Done. <laughs> Please take notice this affidavit is sent in response to the September 12th, 23rd letter. That's this one right here. By Christopher Walpert, the clerk of court. That letter read, quote, The court's primary jurisdiction is over appeals from final judgments made by the federal district courts within the circuit. Upon review, we are unable to find a basis for this court's jurisdiction in your documents, and we are taking no further action, right? We we covered that. So then I say, please take notice as seen in the recent Bruin decision. You can go look that up, the Bruin decision from the Supreme Court. As seen in the recent Bruin decision, the text of the Constitution is the fundamental law. Amen. Uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa. The text of the Constitution is the fundamental law and that its historical usage is how judges declare the law. Notice how I'm not saying that he gets to decide. And maybe I need to say, um, you know, we'll call it a decision because they, this is where words matter. Law schools teach, judges think, lawyers say, politicians obey decisions from courts but courts, as the maxims say, they don't do anything but declare what the law is. A judge, when looking at an issue, will either look at the text of the language, the the constitution or the statute or the contract, but they do that to determine what the law is. When the judge makes a determination, the judge is doing nothing except for declaring the law. In a justiciable matter involving your liberty interest or your rights, You point to the fundamental law because the fundamental law is what secures your rights. You hold your rights. I hold my rights. Statutes come from Congress. Congress doesn't hold my rights. So a statute governing my right is irrelevant because my rights are not in Congress's domain for them to legislate about. So when someone says, so when courts say what their rulings are, that's a misnomer. That's a hoax. The judges aren't saying what their opinion is. These are all mechanisms training our ears to have bad law. A judge doesn't give an opinion. A judge can write his opinion, but his opinion is always going to declare what the law is. And because people put their power in, the Constitution, the Constitution creates government. Everything in government is going to refer back to the Constitution, which was already what the people have said. The people said what they said in the Constitution. And that is the box that government is inside. So government can't say or do anything that is outside of the box. They have to stay in the box. So a judge can't give his opinion because his opinion ain't in the box. The judge has to declare what the law is because the law is what the box forces him to do. Someone needs to really make that hit from their from their he- uh, head to their heart. So um, please, t- uh, please take notice as seen in the recent Bruin decision, the text of the constitution is fundamental law and that its historical usage is how judges declare the law, true. Please take notice that judges have a fiduciary obligation. This is using trust language. Uh, they have fiduciary obligation to provide due care to the people. When judges take notice, judges know judicially the information given them. That's just explaining to you what I've already explained. Judges are sworn to declare the fundamental law. That's that's what judges do. Judges swear to declare the law. So, taking notice of what people instruct them on the fundamental law is part of a judge's obligation to people. You are a judge because you, you have power from the Constitution. You swore to the Constitution. When you swore to the Constitution to be a judge, you swore to the fundamental law in the Constitution. The fundamental law in the Constitution secures the people's rights outside of the Constitution so that whenever the people use their rights, you as a judge, sworn to the fundamental law, have to take notice of it. We are the boss. When the boss tells you something, you have to listen to the boss. What the judge in this letter is doing is he's giving it to his lackey, some clerk court, and the court clerk is saying we can't find any jurisdiction. Sorry bro, you don't have to have jurisdiction for you to take notice of what I tell you. I'm telling you stuff so that presumptions are clarified. I don't want to have to go to your stupid court from people bringing me in under bad law or false presumptions. If someone uses a bad presumption against me, I'm sending you notice so that you take notice so that I don't get brought into your stupid court because I'm clarifying it before they ever come after me. I'm putting up my fence so that my fence is in place so that no one comes onto my property and I don't even get anything. I don't get mail from these people. I don't want you to touch me. Get away from me. Let me live my life. And I'm the boss and you swore to it so that whenever I'm telling you that, you have to take my notice. You have to. Whenever you tell me I have to be a part of a case, you're denying me my right to tell you what the law is. You're denying me my right to clarify presumptions that could be used adversely against me. I understand the law. I understand my rights. And I can tell you, clarify this, because I don't want to have to deal with it. I'm sending you these papers so that you can freaking manage the law and I don't have to whenever these bar attorneys or bad actors in government come after me. Handle it. Do your freaking job. That's what we're doing. This obligation remains whether government agents understand the law or not. This is me telling him his clerk of court doesn't understand the fundamental law. You always want to make sure. And I, you know, think about psychology. The judge is supposed to be the one who knows the law in this case they've just abridged my right and because it's sent by Chris Walpert and not the judge they're actually treating me less than the judge and that ain't going to happen so we're going to tell him this obligation remains whether your agents understand the law or not so you can have your agent your employee send me mail but you sending you having an agent sending me a response is not who I sent this to. And when he gets it wrong, that doesn't stop you from doing your job that you swore to that I told you was your job. The, 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 this is this is the attitude that we have to smash. We have to train them, which is why I'm swearing to something. Now we get to the juice. Now we get to the meat. Affiant claims. This is me swearing under oath that this is true. This is what will break him. What will break him is that I'm claiming, affiant claims, people have the inherent right to instruct and regulate government officials. This right includes giving judges notice without a case. I'm swearing to that. I'm swearing under penalty of perjury that that is true. That is and will be evidence. And that judge will know whenever he sees affidavit and he sees affiant claims, he's gonna be like, I can't answer that. Unless the judge wants to lose all the protections he has from government, which whenever you come as one of the people, the government don't got protection from you. This is me claiming this. And then we're gonna look at the Virginia Constitution. Virginia Constitution, Article 1, Section 2, people's source of power. That all power, all power, judicial power, legislative power, executive power, administrative power, political power, everything. All power is vested in and consequently derived from the people. Who am I? I'm one of the people, right? So all power is vested in and consequently derived from the people that magistrates are their trustees and servants and at all times are amenable to them. See, whenever this federal judge, Jerome Holmes, when he swears to the U.S. Constitution... This is where our, our knowledge is bad. When he swears to the U.S. Constitution... The U.S. Constitution... Was ratified by the states. So that means the state The states are parties to the Constitution. But the states have their own constitutions. Where do those constitutions come from? The people. So the people wrote the state constitutions... And the people wrote the federal constitution. So the people wrote all the constitutions. So wherever you go... You will find me because government doesn't exist without people. People create government. So when the people create the U.S. Constitution and Jerome swore to it, Jerome also swore to the fundamental law inside the state constitutions. So if the state constitutions say what my rights are, oh, look at this. All powers invested in consequently derived from the people. The magistrates are the trustees and servants at all time are amenable to them. So if i'm one of the people and people have all power and the servants or the 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 magistrates in government are trustees and servants of the people and at all time amenable to them don't you think that the people can tell their servants what to do don't you think the people can give their servants notice if you're a judge and you're supposed to know the fundamental law and the boss comes in and tells you hey here's what the fundamental law is how dare you send your freaking lackey to tell me that you don't have jurisdiction to hear what I say. Maximum of law. One is a servant who is employed by a master to perform service in his affairs and whose physical conduct and performance of the service is controlled by the master. I'm the master. I'm the boss. The people are in control. We are the little g God that created government. We created government. Now, God... Is, he's, a, he's sovereign. He's the king. Alpha, omega, the beginning and end. That is God of the Bible. In a smaller level, much smaller, no comparison, an echo, people create government. We create government. Now, God will rise, raise nations and fall nations. But the nations are the people. You go look up the definition of nation. Go look up the definition of People. They're very similar. The nation is not the government. The government is not the nation. The people are the nation. The nation is the people. And people create their government. As Christians, we had founders who believed the Bible, loved the, loved the uh, Jesus Christ, and followed the gospel. And so they, Christians, followed God's wisdom in the Bible and gave us a constitutional republic. And because they gave us a constitutional republic... The constitutions are the fundamental law. And that fundamental law secures my right by God. So if God gives me the right to form government, he did, we did, according to his wisdom, then we can come to our government and tell him what's up. Amen. We're the master. A frequent occurrence, I should say, a frequent recurrence. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah, it's frequent recurrence. A frequent recurrence to fundamental uh, principles and a firm adherence to justice, virtue, and original law are indispensably necessary to preserve the blessings of liberty and good government. That's an American maxim, and a maxim of law is something that that judge isn't going to be able to argue against. Like I got him, I got him. I I I swear to something that's true. I show him in the Constitution, in the Virginia Constitution, where that power comes from, or like where that power is secured, where that right is secured. And then I, so I basically tell them, hey, I'm your boss, you're a servant, and then I use a maxim, you're a servant and I'm the master, and then I use a maxim a frequent recurrence of fundamental principles, of firm adherence to justice, virtue and original law are indispensably necessary to preserve the blessings of liberty and good government. If I'm your boss and I send you things that clarify presumptions, you better freaking take notice and I don't need a case for you to take my notice. Why? Because I'm the boss. I don't need a case. You are fundamentally messed up. Please take final notice, as affiant's wish, demand, and right to alter government for the public good, that you do immediately take notice of the fundamental law of the people's inherent right to instruct government officials, which includes giving judges notice without a case. If you believe affiant is wrong, you may provide, in writing, an affidavit. affidavit sworn under penalty of perjury and postmarked within seven days receipt of this affidavit, the evidence or constitutional grant you have to deny people the right to inherent the inherent right to instruct and regulate government officials, or by tacit acquiescence, you agree to the claim and that this affidavit shall stand as evidence and truth and fact and law and all courts of record and that no court may rehear this matter and that any failure to take notice from affiant is done with full knowledge, malice, and intent to misconstrue fundamental law which breaches the public trust of the Constitution, violates secured rights of the people, and betrays fundamental law. Amen. Please take notice as sent to you in the love of Jesus Christ. Amen and then we'll sign it, we'll do our verification, we'll do all that kind of stuff. Amen, there you go. And that's what we do. That is uh, that is what we do, and that is how we govern our government. The reason why this is important, the reason why I took the time to do it, is because this is a real world instance, there's a real real letterhead from the 10th Circuit Supreme Court, real date, Real, real letter, real stuff, and you need to be able to respond. You need, you need to be able to understand what they're saying because they don't just outright say it. They're not going to say, we're not going to take your notice to clarify presumptions in law because you don't have a case. Either A, they're lazy, or B, they know exactly what they're doing because the notice of me clarifying presumptions was my, was my notice to all sorts of people about the IRS. So... Why would a court not want to take notice of uh, the IRS and the notice that I sent? Well, frankly, because the notice that I sent to the IRS told the IRS that they use a court that ain't a court. The US tax court is not a court. It's a freaking uh, administrative tribunal, which goes against my rights. You can't have a court that goes against my rights because my rights are what government is exists to defend. So if the IRS will take whatever issue and send it to the U.S. tax court, if Jaren has told every federal judge and the Supreme Court what the presumptions are in the law, whenever the IRS sends paperwork that presumes I have to go to the tax court and I nuke that in a notice and I send it certified mail to the 10th Circuit Court, to the 6th Circuit Court, to the 5th Circuit Court, if I tell all these judges what the presumption is, and they come after me I'm able to say hey judge take notice these guys are doing this stuff and they're gonna get there it's I'm in private contract with them I've clarified the presumptions I have put them all on notice and they all have it and my book here my book here has all the stuff that I've written and it's got all the documentation that they have it and I know they have it and they haven't said anything so I know now what I got And when you know this stuff, and you teach, and you tell, and you do, bring it. Bring it, folks. When you understand your status standing in the jurisdiction of the law, this is what Dave Jose teaches. When you understand the fundamental law, you're the boss. This isn't sovereign citizen stuff. This is legit. Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals are responding to you because they know what you're doing. They know what you're doing. But they got to present it to you like, hey, we're not going to do anything. No, 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 you will do something. Now, I'll just be candid. Taking notice isn't them like, it's like, um, it's like there's this movie from 2008, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And there's this time when the, the main character is trying to learn how to swim. And Paul Rudd, the comedian, is like this guy named Kunu. And he's teaching the guy how to swim, how to surfboard, I should say. He's teaching him how to surfboard. And so they've got this surfboard on the beach and the guy's laying on it. And, and the, the instructor's telling him like, all right, do do less, do nothing. Now pop up. And the guy pops up. He's like, no, 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 that was just too much. Get down. And they're like, pop up, do do less, pop up. And so you're like pops up. He's like, no, 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 do less. He's like, literally do nothing. And he just lays there. And he's like, no, you got to do more than that. It's a funny skip. But whenever judges take notice, I'm not like, making them walk a mile I'm not making them physically do anything what I'm doing is I'm guaranteeing that that judge knows that I know that he knows what the law is and what he's doing with this letter is that he took my notices and he demoted them he demoted them or if he doesn't get his mail because remember all our stuff says for knows uh, the agents knows the principal knows the principal knows the agent so if his clerk, gets his mail, and his clerk interceded on his behalf, now we're going to send it. And if his clerk ain't a judge, because it's not, and his clerk isn't guaranteed, his clerk is not duty-bound to know the fundamental law, which is why he's saying we. Why would he say we if it's a him? If if it's an individual, why would he say we plural? Why would we plural be that? He's trying to present himself as, as bigger than he is. And so because he's presenting himself as bigger than he is, he's demoting what I did because they don't want to have to take the presumptions. They don't want to have to clarify the presumption because what this would look like is that if someone came at Jaron in these courts and Jaron has already uh, clarified the presumption in law, that case is dead like on arrival. And because they could file the court or like the government could file the papers or whatnot... But as soon as Jaren gets this, Jaren can say, hey, judge, remember I sent you notice on September, you know, whatever. I sent you notice on September, whatever, that you have to take notice of this. Did you take notice? Because if you didn't take notice, now you're in a sling. Because I used my right to clarify the presumption and I gave you notice. If you didn't take notice and you let this go in, not only are you going against the presumption... And you're you're in bad law, but now you are breaking your oath because I told you to take notice. And if I told you to take notice and you didn't take notice and you let this case come in, now you're now you're in the bad spot. So you need to dismiss this case, and you need to say I'm sorry. You need to apologize because because what you're doing is you're letting bad presumptions into your court, and the, that court is now being weaponized against me don't you weaponize my court against me because it's our court. We made the courts. People made government. Government created the courts. So we created the courts. So when someone says stay out of their courts, it's like, well, what was you talking about? I own all the courts. You own all the courts. We own the freaking government. Why would we not tell our servants what's up? It's a completely different paradigm. Listen, folks, um, none of this matters if you don't believe the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is Christ died for your sins on the cross. He was buried. He was physically, literally dead. And then three days later, he physically rose from the grave. If you believe the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the only way to get salvation from your sin, then you will go to heaven. You need to obey him. Not in order to accomplish things, to lead the check marks, but your faith in Christ shows that you actually love him. Shows that you actually believe in him. Because if you say you believe in him but you don't obey him that means you believe here but not here and God weighs the heart God wants uh, people to worship him he wants the honor he wants the he wants your praise he wants your glory He wants you. God wants you and you are not what you think you are who you are and if you are born again then you are his and you are his create you are his new creation amen Believe the gospel, my friends. Folks, I just went an hour and 40 minutes. We covered a lot of good content. The best way that you can help me is to go to patriotswitch.com. It's a win-win-win option. You already have a normal monthly budget that you spend and you buy stuff, daily products, household products. Switch that over to an American manufacturing company. That's the first win, is that you get direct product purchase, price competitive products without hazardous industrial chemicals that harm you. That's the first win. The second win is you're supporting American manufacturing and not globalists. The third win is that you're supporting me, my family, the work that I do here. In because what I just did for you, I showed you all of that. That right there will save people money. That right there will probably make people money. That right there is literally what Mike Lindell is struggling on. Mike Lindell is struggling on this stuff because he's paying lawyers and he doesn't have the money to pay his attorneys. We can't pay the lawyers. So you've got patriots. You've got Mike Lindell going out there telling people I can't pay uh, lawyers. Patriot doing good things for America can't afford attorneys. Why don't you just stand on your rights? Why don't you just learn the common law? Why don't you learn the fundamental law and demand everybody in government stand on the text of the Constitution that they swore to? Anyway, appreciate your time. Lord willing, I'll be back on Monday, maybe. Maybe Monday. Heads up. I don't know. Please continue to pray for my father-in-law. I need to know if he's done all right, but I need to get going. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be back whenever we are. (laughs) Until then, believe the gospel. Appreciate your time. I'm Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Go to war. Amen. I just did that, and then I I did the button, and then we did this. Amen.